Good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas. We're glad you're here this morning. Welcome home to those that are watching online, those that are here in person today. If we haven't met, my name is Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here, and we just want to say a very Merry Christmas. And we are so glad that Jesus is alive. He was born in a manger. He is with us, and we're excited about that today. We're actually wrapping up our series on Advent today. We've been lighting candles over the last few weeks, talking about the love, the joy, the peace of God, and of course the Christ candle. And so those are lit uh, to this morning already because we had a service last night if you were here. Um, what a special time of gathering together. We're also excited for today. The word Advent uh, it means the arrival or the coming And some of you remember when someone in your life was born, maybe a niece or a nephew or your own child, and how exciting that was. To an even greater degree, we're excited because Christ was born, and that's our focus today, Jesus being born. I want to read you a story. Some of you have heard the story before, but it's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It just tells the story of the birth of Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes people will ask how they're born. My kids a lot of times will, hey, tell me the story of how I was born. And then the other one will say, yeah, tell me, tell me about how I was born. Here's the story of how Jesus was born in Luke chapter 2. We don't have all the, the scripture up there, but we've got the reference up here. If you want to join with me in your Bible, you can, to Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Here's what it says. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinarius was governor of Syria. So all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, and the scripture kind of, as you read about it, they traveled close to 90 miles from where they were to, to uh, Bethlehem. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child as a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Well, they need to make an announcement about this baby, right? Some of you, when you have a kid or you've you've gotten one before, this announcement saying this baby's here. Well, they're getting ready to make the announcement about Jesus. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly... The angel was joined by a vast host of others. Can you picture that in your mind? Maybe you've seen a movie about it or, or you've just pictured it. Can you imagine this angel making this announcement? Now the whole sky is filled with these angels. And they didn't just show up. They said something. They were praising God and they said, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, you know what, let's, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has already told us about. And remember, 
if you, if I, you and I were going to pick someone to, to tell the announcement to, would it be lowly shepherds, the lowest of the low, and yet that's who God chose. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying there in the manger. The prophecy had been fulfilled. The promise that had been given, the 400 years of silence where nothing has happened and people are waiting on Jesus, waiting on this Messiah. Now the baby is, is, is with us. He's present, lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary, Mama Mary, kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Last verse. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, because it was just as the angel had told them. What a powerful story. Some of you have heard that story before, obviously, a powerful story. It's the story of Christ's birth. So I want to give you this morning, before we, before we get out of here today, I want to give you five quick reflections about the birth of Christ. Here's the first uh, reflection. God keeps his promises. Amen? Say that with me. God keeps his promises. We've all had people in our lives that say one thing and do another. Maybe we, we think of a, a parent that promised to be there for us or to do something that, that broke the promise or a spouse, whoever in our life. We've had people in our life that they don't, they don't keep their promises. God keeps his promises. What was said in the Old Testament that what was prophesied to happen is exactly what happened. Listen to this. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. Say that with me. Has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. God keeps his promises, which simply means we serve a God who does what he says he will do. Amen? We serve a God who does what he says he will do. And when we think about that, we think of someone, you know, someone in our life who, who if they say it, it's going to happen, right? Some of you um, kids, you know, look, if dad or mom, they say something, you know, we all know that person that says something, but they're not going to follow through. But you know that one, if they say it, it's going to happen because the word means something. And that's who God is, which means that we can trust him. Amen. Because he keeps his promises, because he does what he says he will do, it means that we can trust him. In fact, Solomon writes in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, let's read it together, church. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. God keeps his promises. God also finishes what he starts, as we talked about earlier. God finishes what he starts. The birth of Christ is meaningless without his death and resurrection. It's one thing that Jesus came to earth and was placed in a manger, and the prophecy predicted that. We will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And here he shows up. He's with us. That's great. Right? One of the greatest abilities is availability. Jesus was there. He was available. He was present. But the work's not done. And Jesus not only came and was with us, he carried our, cro our cross for us. And he came and he finished what he started. 
Some of us remember the passage of Scripture. Maybe we've seen it in a story that talks about the passage of Scripture. Jesus on the cross said, let's read it, it is finished. Christ finished what he began at Christmas when he was born. Christ finished so that we could finish, right? When we think of Christmas, for some of us, it's a really great time. But for many of us, Christmas is tough, right? We've lost someone close to us or we're reminded that a relationship isn't right and we got to get together with them or we're not getting to get together with them, which makes it hard. There's all these different reasons. There's a lot of sickness and death and grief and struggle and depression around this time of the year at the same time that it's also a good time of the year for some. But regardless of where we find ourselves today, we serve a, Christ, a God who finished so that we can live with his peace, regardless of what we're dealing with. Christ finished so that we could finish. Listen to what Paul said in his letter to Philippi. He said, I am certain that God who began, right? There's that word began. Began the good work within you. Let's read it. Will continue his work until on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He began a good work in us because of the good work that he did on the cross and began with his birth so that it could be continued in us and finished in us until the day that Christ returns. God finishes what he starts. Another reflection from the story is just simply that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Um, I've shared this story before. When I was in college, I worked at a a Capital Federal Savings and Loan in Kansas City, and I was working with this person who, I still don't know why, I just always remember this, but she said to me, don't you think there's many ways to God? You know, we all find our, our path to God. And I said, no, her name was Chris. I said, no, Chris, I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, obviously you believe whatever you believe, but you're asking me, so I'm just telling you, there, there, there isn't many paths to God. Because the compass on which I base my, my life is off God's word. And God's word tells us that there's only one way to heaven. And it's through Jesus. Any religion that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah is a false religion. Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, we see it when the angel of the Lord shows up. You remember earlier when we were reading about this. Specifically, the angel calls Jesus the what? The Messiah, the Lord. And then, remember... Peter, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he's kind of quizzing Peter to see what he has to say. And here's where that happens. Jesus and his disciples, they're leaving Galilee, and, and they go up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. And as they're walking around, he asks them, hey, listen, what are people saying about me? What's the talk around town? You know, what's the, what are they saying about me? Well, they reply, well, some, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and then others that you're one of the prophets. You're a good guy. But yeah, okay. But he's got this circle, and he says, hey, but who do you, who do you say that I am? And Peter, right? Bold Peter. He says, you're the Messiah. Read that with me, those yellow words. You are 
the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. See, the Messiah, Jesus, is the only way to God. That's why we celebrate Jesus. He is our truth. He is our salvation. He didn't come just to be a baby in a manger. He came to remove our sin and our, the sin's stain today. That's why we worship him. And he replaces that sin stain with his spirit that guides and directs us and makes us more and more like him. Listen to this passage of scripture. Let's read it together. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. Let's read those last three words again. You ready? Except, except through me. It's only through Jesus. And then we also note from the reflection here is that God's first coming sets the table for his eventual second coming. Did you know that Jesus is coming again, church? Those online, Jesus is coming again. He's coming to, to bring us to be with him where there will be no suffering, no pain, no misunderstandings, no anxiety, no worries, no loss. Amen? No trials, no struggles, no temptations, no do-overs, no resets. But to be with him, God's, God's first coming sets the table. Listen to what Hebrews 9.28 says. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, let's read it, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. He came as the suffering servant, but he's going to come back as a king. Amen? Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Well, that brings up a really important question for us this morning. As we remember his first coming at Christmas time, it makes us ask the question, are we ready for Christ's second coming? I would simply ask that today. I realize we're all kind of chilled out today and relaxed and we may have plans this afternoon, maybe not. We're not, maybe not really thinking this way. This is kind of an, an intense question, but it's an important question. Some of you know people that have, that have been on their deathbed before. It's a question you ask. You don't know what tomorrow has to, in, in store. Are we ready for Christ's second coming? Well, I, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, my question would be, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Those that are watching online, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, what does that mean? Well, it simply means acknowledging that Christ came, that he lived a sinless life, that he took our place. He carried a cross and his feet and hands were nailed to that cross on behalf of us. He took on our punishment. Scripture says that by his stripes, we are healed. And he said, it is finished, and they took him off the cross. They put him in a tomb, and three days later, he raised to life. And as a result of that, we can have a relationship with him. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, we can be saved. Are you ready for a second coming? Another reflection this morning is simply Emmanuel, God is with us. Listen to this. 
Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. Let's read it together. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He is with us. He is present with his presence. Amen? Say that with me. He is present with his presence, right? I realize this is kind of corny and childish, but... You know, we make things about presence rather than his presence, right? What am I going to get? My, uh, my nephew Grant got me some Jack Link's jerky for Christmas. He was all excited about giving that to me. That won't last long in my house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was a nice little present. He knows me well. <laughs> but, but it's more than some present, it's more than some beef jerky. It's more than something like that. It's his presence who deals with us in our grief, who deals with us in our depression, who deals with us when we're lonely. You know, Christmas can be a really lonely time of the year. Our adult kids grow up, right? They're not with us the whole time. It's lonely. Some pe there's people in nursing homes that are lonely. There's singles that are lonely. There's people that are struggling that are lonely. Christ is present with us in our loneliness. He's present in our suffering. Many of you know someone who's sick. You know, as a pastor, you have kind of the inside track to what's going on with people who are sick. We've got some people in our church. I know some of them are watching. They are sick, not doing well, struggling with cancer and all kinds of things. Christ is present in our present. He's, he's present with his presence. Amen. So here's a quote today. Um, Andy Stanley said this. I love this. Several years ago, he was given a message on Christmas time, and he said this, and this has always stuck with me. What happened gets us through what's happening. Isn't that good? What happened when Jesus came to be with us, to be present with us? What happened? It gets us through what's happening. But sometimes, rather than focusing on what Christ is and what he offers, all we can see is what we're going through, right? May the peace of Christ and the love of Christ and the joy of Christ fill your hearts to overflowing today because he's alive. And he didn't just say he was going to do something. He did it. He finished what he started. Amen? And he wants to finish what he started in you. Teenagers, he wants to finish what he's begun in you. Elderly, he wants to finish what he's done in you. Children, he wants to finish what he begun in you. Adults, he wants to finish what he's done in you. Because what happened gets us through what's happening. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, today we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for our lives. We thank you, Father, that you care for us. Father, if there's someone in here right now who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I pray, Father, that they can. Father, I pray they would confess you as Lord. Father, I pray that they would ask you to forgive them of their sin. 
Lord, maybe there's some, they've, they've asked Jesus into their heart, but they've got some stuff going on in their life and that stuff is all they can see. I pray today that they, you would just gently remind them that you are bigger than their stuff and that you can be with them in the midst of their stuff. Lord, we lift up some of uh, our people today. I think of Steve Smith, God, who's just suffering. God, would you touch him today? Would you intervene, Lord, on his behalf? Father, there are so many that are dealing with so many things. God, be especially close to them. We lift up Michelle's Price's family and the loss of her son. God, would you be close to her? Father, there are others. In fact, right now, church, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may know someone. You may know someone. Maybe it's a friend of yours. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's someone in your own house that's going through a really hard time. Would we just take a minute and lift them up in prayer? Who is it for you? Would you just right now, for the next 30 seconds, would you lift that person up in prayer? Children, who do you know? Teenagers, who do you know? Adults, elderly, who do you know that needs presence of God. Let's just lift them up in prayer.